Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey everyone, PA here, Pastor Adam Burt, and I'm so blessed that you would choose to spend Sunday morning uh, here viewing our Every Nation channel. And so uh, I got news for you, man, God has got a word for you today. And listen, as we're, we're saying goodbye to 2023 and, and looking ahead to 2024, I, I hope you're provoked today. And uh, so listen, but before we get into the word, uh, quick story. So uh, back uh, December 30th of 2017, uh, actually uh, Fox and friends asked if I would go on their Saturday morning program. And here's kind of the backstory is uh, um, uh, Fox actually got the, the New Year's uh, Day outdoor game in the National Hockey League. And so they wanted to promote the game. They couldn't find any real hockey players. Uh, so they asked some retired old pastor uh, hockey player uh, to go do it. And so so uh, so they called and, and they said that they were going to send a limo to pick me up. And, and so I was like, uh, I, I need it to be uh, a black S. 500, uh, the interior uh, temperature needs to be uh, 71 degrees, exactly 71 degrees. I actually didn't say that. I think that was Miles Finch from Elf, uh, but they did send a car. It was just a, a crappy Lincoln Town car, but hey, that's how I roll, man. I got a limo uh, in to do Fox and Friends on a Saturday morning, and and so, man, I, we, they got me there so early, and I'm just waiting on the last segment uh, of the morning, and so just trying to kill time, and <clears throat> they actually wanted me to demonstrate some stuff uh, on the ice, some some stick handling moves and some skating moves, and so uh, I brought my skates and stick and all that stuff. Uh, the only problem was uh, I'd had two back surgeries and, and I hadn't skated in, in close to a decade. And so what I didn't realize is my range of motion had gone away. And and so uh, get this, they take us outdoors. We're supposed to be on this uh, ice rink. It's not ice. It, it's it's actually plastic with oil put on top of it. All right. And so it's like, oh my goodness, can you even skate on this stuff? And, and so uh, anyways, the, the producer is like, all right, Adam, you're on in two minutes. I'm like, what? I got to get my skates on. And so I'm scrambling it. And then I, I put my skates on and I realize I can't tie them. I can't reach my laces because my back is so, range of motion is so long. I'm like, please, Jesus, let me let me be able to bend down. And, and so sure enough, man, I, I got them on in time and, uh, and, and we did the segment and, and it, it turned out uh, great. And uh, But then it was crazy. Uh, the the, the uh, segment is ending and they're like, three, two, one, and... That's a wrap. Good job, people. And, and then everybody, uh, they all go back into the Fox Studios and they leave me out here standing out in Midtown Manhattan like a fool, right? I got hockey skates on and a stick and I'm like, what do I do now, you know? And it was just like, there was all this commotion and, and kinetic energy and, and then just, it was over with. And man, isn't that what it's like at times? Like, um, man, we're saying goodbye to 2023. And man, as an older man now, it's crazy to me. I, I know what it's like when people say, man, that they have long days in short years. And I just can't get over the fact that 2023 is on its way out. And um, they've already begun to do the montages, you know, of people that we've lost in 2023. And every year I'm just blown away by how many people you're like, oh yeah, I forgot they died. Oh, I forgot. And so, so New Year's is a great time to, to reset 
to recalibrate, to maybe look back over your life and realize, man, what do I want to be better in 2024? Um, I don't know if you know this, but Thomas Crapper actually invented the toilet. <laughs> Who knew, right? Uh, and the reason why I, had, I let you know about Thomas Crapper is, man, maybe 2023 was just a, a really crappy year for you. And uh, maybe you just need to flush it. And hey, 2024 is, is uh, we're on the cusp of it, man, and it's going to be an amazing year for you. But here's my challenge. Um, how are you going to be better uh, physically? How are you going to be better physically in 2024? Because I would submit this to you. You've been called to be an image bearer of God. In other words, man, you're supposed to be the best expression that you can be to the glory of God in the earth. And if physically, man, you're just, you, you, you eat poorly, so you got no energy. You're always kind of like a little bit on edge, whatnot, drinking too much coffee. I don't know what it is for you. But how are you going to be better physically for your good in the glory of God? Uh, here's another one. How are you going to be better professionally? I don't know if you know this, but, but work, man, it's a calling from God. God says, hey, whatever you do, you do it heartily for the Lord and not as unto men. And so how are you going to be better professionally uh, in 2024? But, but as much as important as those things are, my big challenge to you is this. How will you be better spiritually in 2024? Because here's what I promise you. Man, if, if you can up your spiritual game, I promise you all these other things will uplift along with it. Um, uh, actually, John says in, in 3 John, he says, I pray that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. In other words, as your soul prospers, man, it raises the waters for all these other things in your life. There's a guy, uh, Charles Duhigg, he wrote the book of The Power of Habit, and in it he said there's certain keystone habits. There's things that if you make this a habit of your life, it spider webs out uh, into all these other great things in your life. And that's what happens, man, when, when you decide to get better. Uh, in your spiritual life. And I, I promise you this. See, we're going to be in uh, Philippians chapter 3, and Paul's going to mention this, that, that, that we all have an upward call in God. In other words, God's calling us up higher and higher and higher. And Paul comes to this realization, though I'm great at all these different things in, in my natural abilities, he says, if I can know Jesus, man, everything else is going to get better and better. I'm going to hit the bullseye of God's calling and purpose for my life. And so Philippians chapter three, starting in verse 12, Paul says this, he says, not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And so once again, we see this, that that then that God's call is upward. It's upward. And, and so I, I've said this before, is that, you know, that, that God is, he's almost like, uh, like uh, it's, there's no wonder he's called our heavenly father. Because even as earthly fathers, man, uh, you should be someone who's, uh, you're easy to please, but hard to satisfy. And that's what God does. See, think about it. When you're teaching your kid to walk, man, when they take a step, don't you just celebrate? And you celebrate, man, you put that stuff on YouTube and everything and post it on Facebook. And, and it's amazing. But you don't stop there, do you? You celebrate the steps and then you tell them just another one just another one and just another one and that's what God does man he's easy to please but hard to satisfy because he continues to call us upward higher and higher so there's a guy Dan Sullivan he's a he's a life coach and an author and he tells this pivotal moment in his life 
He just graduated high school. He was going to go like kind of backpack and hike throughout Europe, you know. And so he was doing this, and he was doing actually a climb uh, up a mountain. And and the guide was was leading him up. And then the guide noticed that Dan Sullivan, because of the elevation, because of his weighty backpack, he was done. He'd had enough. He sat down. He undid his backpack and just sat there dejected. The tour guide he came back around. He looked Dan Sullivan in his face, and he says this. Is this where you stop? Is this where you stop? Sullivan was kind of taken back and he goes, what, what do you mean? He, the, the, the guy says, hey, everyone stops somewhere. Is this where you stop? And he was so provoked that he put his backpack on and he, and he finished the climb. <clears throat> and at the bottom of the mountain, he met up with a tour guide and the tour guide told him, he says, Dan, he says, do you know if you would have quit back there, I mean, your life, the rest of your life would have been difficult, hard, maybe even impossible because you've taught yourself to quit when life gets hard. But because you kept going, man, that's a principle you'll use uh, throughout your life. And so it actually reminded me of uh, my, my junior hockey coach. Um, he, I, I, I loved slash hated him, you know, because he was a guy who would chase me up and down the ice when we were doing conditioning drills. He would yell at me. He's like, Bert, if you stop now, uh, you're going to quit sooner the next time and the next time and the next time. And and I, and I hated him because he was so demanding, but, but man, later in life, man, I loved him because he was so demanding and he called me upward to be the best version of me that I can be. And so God's call is upward for you and for me. And so did you get this that like, like Paul says, Hey, one thing I do, one thing I do. And, and my question for you this morning is what's the one thing that you can do to move the spiritual needle in your life in 2024. Like I know as a church, we're going to read through the Bible in a year. Man, if you have not read the Bible uh, in, in, in a year through the whole entire Bible, man, you need to do that in 2024. We're going to offer certain classes that people might might take their next step uh, in God. And so I want to encourage you, man, I don't know what that step is for you, but you need to take a step. And I promise you that all the other uh, areas in your life, they too will rise because you're paying attention to your spirit. And so Paul says, this is what he does. He says, I need to forget what's behind and strain towards what's ahead. Forget the past and, and, and don't get caught up uh, in, in the future. And so uh, there's a guy, uh, Warren Wizerby. Uh, Warren Wizerby, he says this. He says, most Christians are being crucified on a cross between two thieves. Yesterday's regrets and tomorrow's worries. It's just, you remember Jesus, he, he's hung on a cross between two thieves. And, and in a real way that you and I, that we hang between two thieves. Man, the past uh, and the future, and they tried to rob us uh, of our present. And so Paul says, man, I need to forget things uh, that are, are behind. And so uh, I, I promise you this, that uh, Monday, New Year's Day, my gym is going to be packed. Uh, there's going to be all a bunch of New Year's resolutioners in there. That this is the year they're going to do it right. They're going to get in shape, and it's so funny, man. Like throughout the years, I remember one time I'm I'm, I'm jogging on the treadmill, and you can tell this guy really hadn't had worked out much or anything. And he's going. I can tell he's starting to overheat. He's getting like real red, and and so this guy peels off his shirt <laughs> in the gym, and I'm, I'm looking. I'm like, oh my goodness, man, just a hairy guy, and just kind of stuff jiggling everywhere, and and. Uh, uh, and finally, man, the the, uh, uh, the, uh, the manager had to come over. Uh, excuse me, sir, you can't take your shirt off in here. <laughs> and then uh, there was another time there was an older gentleman. Once again, he was he was kind of full of it. I'm going to make it happen this year. And he, 
he was running on the treadmill and I could tell he was trying to watch the TV uh, while he's, he's jogging on the treadmill. And I could see him losing balance every now and then until finally he misses the tread. He falls down, but he grabs with both hands uh, the, uh, the uh, treadmill itself. And you can smell, as the tread's still going, burning flesh from off his shins, but he won't let go. In fact, I promise you, I'm not embellishing this. He lets go with one hand, then switches and does the other one. And we're all like, bro, just let it go. <laughs> You're making it worse. And I guess that's my word for some of you. Man, there's some of us, you are dragging your past and it's absolutely destroying your future. Let it go, bro. You're making it worse. And so um, I just think it's important for us to learn from our past, but we don't live there. We don't live in the past. And um, so, man, if you need to forget some stuff in your past, you know, oftentimes I find this is that uh, forgetting looks an awful lot like forgiving. Forgetting looks an awful lot but like forgiving. So um, I, I know so many people that, man, you're just hanging on to past hurts and wounds. Like there's this bitterness that, that stirs up. It's like a cancer to your soul, but you don't want to let it go. Uh, Do you know the, the word resentment? Resentment, it means to feel it again, right? And so we want to feel that resentment, that bitterness washing over us. And I'm like, why would you do that to yourself? And you need to let that trash go because it's absolutely destroying uh, your present. And so there's a, uh, my, my family uh, way back in the day, man, we got, we got jet skis uh, we, when uh, the NHL season was over and we'd spend our summers on a, on a little lake. And so we, we had these jet skis. Uh, and so the jet skis, what, what I do is I put two cinder blocks, one on the front and one on the back. And then I would tie them up and anchor them together in the water so they wouldn't float away. And so we had uh, friends, their daughter came over. She's so pumped to go use the jet ski and she goes running down and starts it up and she undoes the front one, the front center block, but she doesn't do the back one. And so she's puttering around and you can see the lake getting dredged up behind her and the jet ski just can't go, just like And she yells up, she says, these jet skis stink. And I'm like, you undid the back uh, cinder block, right? She says, huh? <laughs> so swing and a miss on that one. And, and, and isn't that so many people's life? Man, you're just dragging around, dredging up so much trash from your past. Man, unhook it and you need to let it go. Listen, forgiveness, <clears throat> it doesn't mean it's okay. Uh, it doesn't mean it, it, it's no big deal. It, it may not even mean that you should be reconciled. It just means this, that, that you're uh, setting a prisoner free when you forgive somebody. And that prisoner is you. And by the way, when you forgive people that have sinned against you, here's the reality. You look a lot like Jesus because Jesus, he chose to forgive uh, you and I. Remember the apostle Peter, he says to Jesus, hey, how many times uh, must, my, must I forgive my brother? And, and so he says three times and Jesus is like, no, nope, swing and a miss, bro. He's like 70 times seven. And, and that can be our reality at times that we choose to forgive. And yet that stuff bubbles up and we have to forgive again and again and again. But I promise you, as you are faithful and continue to forgive, that it, it's hold on you becomes less and less and less. And in the end, it's worth it for you. And so who's, who do you need to forgive in 2024? And get this, like you might, it might not be somebody else you need to forgive in 2024. You might need to forgive yourself. 
Like, um, I, I promise you this, that nobody is more cruel to me than me. Like my, my internal dialogue, man, I am not kind to myself uh, when I fail and uh, fall short. And man, I'm just going to beat myself up. And, and, and for the record, you know, it's, it's unhealthy. In fact, you know, even the Navy SEALs, uh, they, they, they found out in training uh, their cadets is that they need to train them to speak kindly to themselves because it increases their resiliency uh, to keep going. And so uh, uh, you and I need to be more kind to ourselves. Uh, like Jesus is kind to us. And so we need to be kind uh, to ourselves. And you know what will happen? As we forgive ourselves, it will spill over into forgiveness for other people. And so, uh, man, uh, forgetting what's behind. Do you know, uh, when you think of your New Testament, there's, there's the big two. Man, Peter and Paul. And I know that they took these words to heart. Because they had some pretty epic failures in their past. Peter, remember Peter? Denied Jesus three times. Rooster crows. And what happens? He and Jesus lock eyes in that moment. This deep moment of betrayal. And Peter was going to have to learn, hey, bro, you need to forget what's behind. Why? So you can move forward. Man, you can preach uh, the first sermon uh, of the church. 3,000 people are going to be added, Peter. Let it go. Let it go. There's uh, the Apostle Paul. That you remember him that, that he was an accomplice to the first murder of a Christian, a man by the name of Stephen. Uh, he was stoned to death, but, but he didn't participate. But uh, Paul said, hey, let me hold your jackets because I want to watch. And it says, Paul enjoyed it so much, persecuting Christians, that he, he drug off men, get this, and women to prison, ripping them from their families and from their children. Do you think Paul's going to have to forget some stuff so he can move ahead? Man, forgetting what's behind and straining towards what's ahead. And, um, you know, the, the word forgetting in the Greek, it's, it's actually a unique word. It literally means neglecting. And I'm like, hey, I'm good at that. <laughs> Man, over these holidays, I've neglected my diet uh, uh, for about the past two weeks, okay? Um, I'm good at neglecting stuff. Uh, in, in fact, for uh, my, my husbands and wives in here, um, uh, when you fight, right, if Christians did such things. But uh, I know when I get in a fight with my wife, uh, I'm not a yeller, a screamer, I'm a powder. Anybody else, right? And so what I'm going to do, my wife's uh, offended me or done some. So what am I going to do? I'm going to neglect her. I'm not going to talk to her. I'm going to avoid her. What's wrong with you? Nothing, right? And so uh, I'm good at neglecting. And so you need to neglect uh, your past, your past failures and mistakes. Man, you need to ignore them. Don't pay attention to them. And one of the ways you do that, you neglect your past by straining towards what's ahead of you. And so I, I love that Paul says that straining towards what's ahead. And that word in the Greek, it doesn't mean things that are way off into the future. It means things that are directly in front of you, straining towards what's right in front of you. So uh, um, I'm not sure if you've seen the movie Hitch. If you haven't, shame on you. You need to see that movie. And so that was back before Will Smith was uh, smacking people in the face at the Oscars. And great movie, he and Kevin James. And Will Smith is, is going to teach Kevin James how to get it good with the girls, right? And so he's teaching them how to dance. And so he's got to dance. But Kevin James is like, whoa, 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 I got this, man. I got some moves. And he, what does he do? He's like showing them, man, I can do the Q-tip and you throw it away, right? And Or you can knead the dough, knead the dough, right? And so he's showing them these ridiculous dances until what happens. And I, I actually never thought of this. Will does smack him on the face. And he goes, nope. He goes, this is where you live. <laughs> so you need to keep it tight right in here like this. And, and so in a real way, uh, man, you're not to be in the past. You're not to be in the future. This is where you live 
right here and right now. You strain towards what's directly in front of you. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is God's business, but God's given you today, and you need to win the day. So um, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, Paul says it like this. He says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Did you catch that? Paul says, Run in such a way as you win. Win uh, the day. There's a guy, John Wooden. He's probably the greatest college basketball coach of all time. And John Wooden, uh, he, would, he said it a little bit differently. He says, Make each day your masterpiece. In other words, each day stands on its own, a fresh canvas, and I'm going to make it my masterpiece. And if you do that enough, you're going to put together a pretty uncommon life. John Wooden, uh, he had four 30-win seasons, 88 consecutive victories, 38 straight NCAA tournament victories, 10 national championships, including seven of them consecutively uh, in a row. It's a pretty extraordinary life, and all he did is each day, I'm going to make it my masterpiece. And so uh, if you're like me, I'd be like, okay, Paul, I'm all in. How do I do that? And, and so I'm glad you asked, because Paul's going to answer us in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 26 and 27. Paul says, so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. And so Paul says this, hey man, I'm not running aimlessly, just kind of running all over the place. I'm going to make a plan. Like Paul had a strategic plan that he was carrying out. And so the first thing we do in order to win the day is, man, you need to make a plan. Did you know that, that, uh, that if you'll just write down your goals, um, that they, have, uh, they increase in your, the chances of you achieving them by 42%. Did you get that? Just by putting pen to paper, man, the, the chances of you uh, completing these goals is 42% greater. And so, um, do you know, it's actually a biblical idea. So uh, in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 to 3, God says this to Habakkuk. He says, and the Lord answered me. He says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits uh, its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And so God tells Habakkuk, man, man, have a vision for your life, and you write that thing down. And though it may tarry, it may take a while, it's surely going to come to pass. And so I remember a pastor of mine challenged me with this, and I mean, I was praying, and, and Lord, Lord, I felt like I got a, a vision for my life from the Lord, and I was writing down. I was a 12-year-old kid, and I'm like, I'm like God, I, I want to play in the National Hockey League. I, I want to use it as a sounding board to bring glory to your name. I want to pro- play till I'm 30. 33 years old. Um, uh, and so get this, I, 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 you know, looked at it for a while and then eventually I kind of misplaced it. And then I found it years and years later and get this, everything came to pass. And this is like, uh, my wife actually, my wife and daughters were mad at me. Why did you tell God 33? You should have said 38, right? And <laughs> so we could have made more money playing in the NHL. And so, uh, but, but here's the thing, it's not magic. Well, you know what it is? It's just not running aimlessly. I mean, you're creating a path, the bullseye for your life when you write the vision down. And so, uh, so that, that's it. Make a plan. And then number two, then make it happen. Make a plan 
and then make it happen. Paul says, I don't beat, beat the air. I'm not shadow boxing. Man, I'm fighting for real. He says, uh, I discipline my body and keep it under my control. And so he's like, hey, I'm going to get after it. And, and to bring us back to our original test, he says, I strain towards what's ahead. That means to push through difficulty. And I promise you, the upward call of God, man, you're always swimming upstream. It's not going to be easy, man, but you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, you can strain and push through to be all God's called you to be and to answer the high call of God for your life. Um, there's a girl, Melissa Hartwig. Uh, she's actually the, the creator of the Whole30 diet. And if you haven't heard about this, good for you. It's a horrible diet. Um, it, uh, it gets it. There's, there's no sugar, no breads, uh, no pastas, uh, no no dairy, and I also say this: there's no joy. <laughs> my, my family and I, we, we do it like like once a year, uh, the whole 30 diet. But I, but I love it in the foreword uh, of her diet book. She says this: she says, please don't tell me not having cream in your coffee is hard. She says having a baby is hard. Fighting cancer is hard. Not having cream in your coffee is not hard. And, um, and can, if I could just say this in a loving way, please don't tell me reading your Bible is hard. Please don't tell me going to church once a week is hard. Man, uh, going to the cross, that's hard. Uh, uh, being martyred like all of the disciples, that's hard. But man, reading your Bible, going to church, praying, Please don't tell me that's hard, all right? Uh, and so Paul says, I'm running in such a way as I can win. And so he says that, that winners, uh, they, they make it happen, and, and losers, they make excuses. And so I promise you, you're going to win uh, in 2024. And so I'm going to close with this. You know, in Matthew 25, Jesus tells this, this, this uh, parable uh, of, a, of a wealthy man who, who gives uh, his... Uh, his servants, uh, one gives, gets five talents, one gets two talents, and one gets one. It's sums of money. Uh, for the record, uh, one talent in today's dollars would be worth about $1.3 million. And he says he gives it to each person according to their ability. And so the reality is this, what God's called you to do, you have everything you need to do all God's called you to do. Uh, I'm going to shoot you straight. Man, I, I'm a one talent guy. But I realize this, man, one talent from God is what? It's about $1.3 million. Man, there's a lot God's entrusted to you, even if you're a one talent person. And so the call of God on your life is that whatever God puts in your hand, man, you use that and work that to the glory of God and the good of the world. And so the two faithful stewards, stewards the one with five and the one with two, it says this about them. It says they went out at once. They went out, <clears throat> excuse me, at once and they begin to work and to work that talent to make a, a profit. And so here's my, I guess my, uh, my challenge to you. Don't wait, man. Don't, don't wait to be great. Be great today. Don't, don't wait to be, be happy. I hear so many people, oh, when I make this much money, when I get married, when I have a family, then I'm going to be happy. Man, don't wait to be happy. Be happy now. Go out at once. Uh, I know some of you, uh, some of you, man, don't wait to say, I'm sorry. Uh, my, my wife, Susan, um, her, her father uh, struggled with alcoholism and, and uh, he, he, got, he was sick in the hospital. And, and as he was, he was dying in the hospital, uh, they got into an argument in a fight and she left to go get the family coffee. And when she returned, he was passed away. 
See, she doesn't get a do-over, that opportunity to say, you know, I'm sorry, right? And so don't wait uh, to say, I'm sorry. Man, they went out at once and got to work. And here's what I love. Man, they, they made a profit. They, they worked with the master I'd given them. And here's what I love. The master says, he says, well done. Enter into your master's joy. And I find that so true, man, that when you start walking out in your destiny and your purpose, when you're in the yoke with Jesus, man, man, making the masterpiece of each and every day, there's a joy that fills your life. Man, there's this, this soul satisfaction on the inside of us. We enter in to our master's joy. And so we need to make it happen. And, and so, but there's a guy with one talent. The one talent God, guy, he buried his talent in the ground and did nothing with it. And the master had unbelievably harsh words for him. He says, you wicked and lazy servant. And then he goes on to say, cast the worthless servant into outer darkness. In the place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Man, I don't even know what gnashing of teeth is, but I know it's not pleasant, right? And so, man, I, even if, if you're a five, a two, or a one-talent person, man, you need to work that thing to the glory of God. Can I tell you about another one-talent guy? Uh, his name is Bo Eason. As a young boy, uh, it was funny, he had a dream. He was going to uh, be an NFL safety. The only problem was, uh, even in high school, he was like 135 pounds soaking wet. And as he's trying out for the high school football team, his coach says, man, you're, you're just too small. And so he goes home dejected, and Bo Eason goes to his father, uh, who he was actually a cattle rancher. And so uh, he, when he says that, man, coach says, I'm too small, dad. His dad was kind of beside himself. And he says, son, did you tell them how big your heart is and so uh, his father was going to use this as a teaching moment he took his his young son Bo Eason uh, in into uh, the uh, the barn and and there he showed showed the the cattle dog and and so that the, the ranching dog is uh, just the most valuable thing uh, for the cattle rancher because he says that that he'll do the work of ten men and so he says son when, when this dog has puppies um, uh, the litter he goes I'm gonna look for the smallest the runt of the litter and I'm going to tie a string around its neck and he says after 12 weeks I'm going to give away all the other dogs but the runt I'm going to keep the runt of the litter and here's what he said why he says the runt always has to work harder to survive against its bigger brothers and sisters always the runt becomes the, the smartest the fastest the most determined of all the puppies the runt's heart is the biggest the rancher stakes his whole livelihood on that fact is that amazing and so Bo Eason he took that to heart man and he said I'm gonna work harder longer than anyone else uh, and so sure enough he he did make the high school football team and he was the first one on the field and the last one off the field until it took him to the National Football League and sure enough he was the first safety taken in the 1984 NFL draft by the Houston Oilers uh, he would have a, a very good career he would wind up with the San Francisco 49ers and throughout his career he'd be the first one on the field and the last one to leave until uh, there was another young man who made it to the 49ers his name was Jerry Rice and Jerry Rice always seemed to get to the field sooner. Maybe that's why he's a Hall of Famer. But uh, after a five-year NFL career, Bo Eason, because of a knee injury, had to retire, but Bo Eason wasn't done. He was, man, while there's breath in your lungs, we still need to work that talent that God's given us. And so Bo Eason, after his NFL career, he decided to have a career on Broadway, and he wrote a Broadway musical. And the name of that Broadway mu musical is this, The Runt of the Litter. Let's pray.
Lord, I just thank you for all the destiny and all that you've called us to in 2024. Lord, I just want to sincerely thank you uh, that, that we got 2023. And Lord, that, that we're here uh, approaching a, a new year. God, I pray that you would give us grace, that we would, you would give us strength to forget what's behind, to strain towards what's ahead. And I declare in Jesus' name, uh, we're going to win. And uh, we thank you for it, Lord, in your name. Amen. Well, listen, Every Nation, uh, the sermon's over with. We're not quite finished. Uh, I would love to remind you that you can be faithful in your tithing and your giving. Um, uh, as we enter the end of the year, uh, if you need a, uh, for a tax deduction, this is a great place uh, to, to uh, sow some seed uh, into our ministry. And so there's three ways you can give. You can go to our website, <clears throat> pardon me, encnj.org, and just hit the giving icon. Or if you just text the letters ENCNJ to the number 77977, it's a very convenient way to give. Uh, that's how my family and I give. And the third way is you can mail in your check or money order right here to our church offices at 101 Gibraltar Drive here in Morris Plains, New Jersey. And may God richly bless you uh, as you're faithful and you're tithing and you're giving. Every nation, Jesus loves you. And I think you're amazing too. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.